Welcome back, everybody, to the Beat Pack Podcast, your go-to show for upcoming artists and creatives. I'm your host, Nathan, a.k.a. Loco Moco. Whether you're on your morning commute today or just playing in the background, I really appreciate you guys all tuning in. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's guest. Today, we have a very special guest. He's a producer, rapper, and songwriter based in Monrovia, California. He specializes in atmospheric hip-hop, a music that absolutely hits the soul. He's one of my good friends, and I'm super excited to welcome him on the show. Everybody, please welcome Drew Lira. What's going on, man? What's up, man? How's everybody doing? How you feeling? <sighs> yeah, dude, we're feeling great, man. Feeling awesome. It's a beautiful day today in Monrovia here, as usual. You know, the sun's always shining out here. So yes, sir. Super glad to be here and be in your studio, man, to film this podcast. My pleasure, man. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for having us. Um, before we shout out, um, before we start... Shout out uh, The Watch. Shout out everybody over at The Watch yeah. for throwing such amazing events because without those events, um, Drew and I really honestly probably would never have met. Yeah. You know, even in the age of social media, we both live in SoCal. We were both super close to LA, but um, those events really brought a lot of people together and um, just the same way as Drew and I met. So um, it's been a blessing to, um, to work with such great artists just like Drew, and it's all really thanks to The Watch. So we got to give them a quick shout out. Yes, sir. Awesome, man. So, yeah, man. So, quick. So, with Drew, man, um, for anybody that's ever listened to any of Drew Lira's um, music, you obviously know that his music just hits your soul. It's super atmospheric. It makes you feel like you're on another planet. Um, man, is just such a great producer, great engineer, just overall just a really super talented musically. Um, so, it's, a really, it's really awesome to have you on here, man. I know it's funny because a lot of people – no one even knows this, but we actually did a podcast, I want to say maybe eight months ago, yeah. I want to say. Um, yeah. That one never aired, um, but uh, obviously we're here now doing some, we're doing bigger and better things, so it's cool that we're not here to capture it. Um, so cool, man. So uh, let's just jump into this real quick. I do want to talk about um, some of your early beginnings, man. I know we got the parents in the house. Yeah. Um, everyone's vibing out today. Um, what was your childhood like, man? What were some of the early beginnings like with Julia? Uh, man, it's kind of, it's very vivid. I mean, you know, I remember a lot of stuff growing up. Totally. But growing up, like, my, my uh, upbringing, I'd say, was very, I would say it was very kind of just, like, uh, up, up to myself. You know, I, I didn't really have, like, a lot of, like, people my age. You know, I didn't have cousins, like, that were my age. I didn't totally. have... I didn't have like friends like in like elementary school for the longest and yeah. like to high school. So it was very like quiet. You know, I was always to myself. Sure. I definitely what took up all my time was, you know, music, movies, video games, you know, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Like that's kind of what my childhood like assumed to basically just consuming all that, you know, like larger than life vibes. Totally. So, totally. Yeah. Like. Are you, I know you have a bunch of older siblings. Are you the youngest? I keep forgetting. Are yeah. You, you're the yeah, youngest. I'm the, I'm the last one, yeah. Gotcha, man. And you have how many older siblings? I got two. Two, man. So, yeah, you got a lot of a lot of older influence, man. So, that's, I, I, I'm i the oldest of three. So, I was the one doing the influencing. Yeah. I am right now doing the one the one doing the influencing. A lot of, a lot of uh, responsibility, man. <sighs> yeah, man. It, it is, bro. Shout out, uh, shout out Chloe. Shout out Brayden, my siblings there. I know they listen to this, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of responsibilities an older sibling but um, i i have the opportunity just like your siblings had the opportunity to influence yeah. uh, um, some of the younger generations so i'm sure you got some of that influence from them as you were growing up as well 
Yeah, I mean, I definitely got, you know, like small influences from them. Just, you know, seeing how we were all raised like the same but differently at the same time, you know. So, like, you definitely pick up uh, a couple of things here and there from just being around your fam. For sure. For sure. Totally. I mean, yeah. I mean, and uh, were you, are you pretty, your whole family's pretty family oriented? Like, you guys are pretty, pretty close? Yeah. I mean, you know, growing up, it was kind of different. So, like, you know, I'm the, I'm the only guy. So, like, like, I'm always to myself. Facts. But uh, I'll say, like, when I got older, like, definitely the relationship with my siblings got better. Um, Still working, still, like, you know, like cordial and like all love mm-hmm. but um yeah it definitely got better than it was when i was like younger for I sure know. no i i totally get that man that's how yeah. my relationship with my siblings have been too and it's a roller coaster right just yeah. like any relationships right. but um family's forever though man i mean yeah so yeah you gotta I, I keep locked in with those guys forever so yeah you definitely gotta appreciate you know the family members that you have and like you know even though sometimes they can you know be um just a little like different towards you like as far as them having like an old version of you or you know like you're always going to be that sibling towards them so you just kind of have to um just appreciate what you can from them yeah and respect and, and respect and just you know like you know move on with love and positive facts bro facts couldn't have said it better myself man that's awesome so i know you were saying that when you were younger um lot of inspiration from movies video games and music um what are your some of your earliest um memories with music um and some of those inspirations you had man i just remember being a like always being a fan and i'm still a fan to this day because i'm always searching new music Mm. but as a kid i just remember always you know watching like the award shows and buying buying records and you know just like the fashion scene with music like i just always was like yo like that was that's cool like when like you know kanye had the jesus piece and his polos and then with pharrell the neptunes with uh bathing ape nigo like i just remember seeing that and like just being so amazed and just like super influential man yeah Yeah, totally it's those are like i mean i don't want to say this lightly but um, they're like gods among men almost, man. Like they're creative yes, geniuses. Of course. Um, especially in that time, man. They were in, and still to the same, bro. You can see their influence everywhere. Yeah, longevity, man. I'd say mm-hmm. like that's really what they for sure aim towards. Totally, man. Yeah, well said, bro. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, so early influences, seeing the war shows, seeing these crazy pieces, these geniuses at work. Yeah. Um, also, li- also just uh, listening to... You know, records that my parents and my uncles and my siblings and, and whatever was on the radio, like, that's really what I uh, just gravitated towards. Totally, man. Totally. And, was your family, like, really music-oriented like that? Like, did you uh, hear music around the house or? Yeah, I, I say definitely. Yeah, I heard all kinds of music growing up around the house. But it was, like, you know, like, in the background. It wasn't like, yo, like, like listen to this so you could, you Facts. know. It Facts. just It just happened to play and I just so happened to listen to it all and, you know. Just was like, yo, gotcha. like, yeah. No, so that, that's 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 how, I think that's how a lot of kids find that inspiration, man. I, I, like a lot of my inspirations come from just listening to music that my parents just played, yeah. You know, and they weren't even, I don't, they weren't doing it, they weren't listening to it in the sense to try to make to like provide that influence. It was just what they were interested in, yeah. But it gave me like a really good insight into how creative minds work, and then listening to what other people like. Um, I think that that gives um, 
you know a lot of a lot of knowledge to kids, especially at such a young age. Definitely, That's super awesome, man. Now, um, did you play any music? Like, did you play any instruments when you were younger? Um, so I played like you know like a couple times. I, I was doing the uh, the keyboard, you know, for sure. piano for sure. Just kind of scatting and basically playing like a jazz musician, not knowing what I was doing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, that's hilarious, man. Yeah, but I mean, from that, I, then I just kind of uh, fucked around with the drums. I remember my uncle; he had like a, a set at my grandma's house. Oh, he had a kit, like an he actual. Had, he had kit. like a kit, yeah, Crazy. and he would play. And I just remember like. I just remember sitting right there and just watching him and like, like, I'm pretty sure like he knew how to do it, but like I could, from a young age, I could tell that's the feeling. The mm. feeling takes over and he, he nice. just goes in on it. So. Yeah, bro. When drummers lock into a pocket, bro, it's crazy, yeah. dude. Like it's yeah. actually, like I can only dream to have half the coordination that drummers have, bro. Like to use all four of your limbs, bro, to make a crazy it's different. Like, vibe, it's, it's nuts, dude. So. Big respect to all the drummers out there because it is a tough craft. It's for sure a tough craft. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. So I know we talked about some of your early. So started playing a little bit of keyboard, mm-hmm. got inspired by some drums. Um, what was your first um, transition into being like, you know what? What was the first time you picked up like the, like uh, like a DAW to actually produce on? I would say. Actually, uh, I'm sorry. Let's let's back up a little bit. Yeah. Um, was it rapping that you got into first or producing? So I started off just writing songs, like, in middle school. That was where I was like, all right, like, let me let me try to write a rap or something. Bad, so bad. Uh, I, I would do it here and there just to try it out. And then, you know, that was, like, yeah, like, middle school. And then, like, towards the eighth grade, that's when I was like, all right, like, I'm going to really take it serious and uh, dedicate my time to, you know, get better at my craft at that point. And so when I got to high school, I was like, all right, like I was writing, but then I also was like, man, like I'm trying to be an artist producer. Like I need to have, I need to be behind dope beats. Facts, and bro. Facts. A lot of people weren't really making beats around me at that time. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it both. Cause just seeing like, like I said earlier, like Kanye and Pharrell and, you know, even Michael Jackson close to his end of his career. I was like, man, like I gotta, I gotta know both. So I, then I started to produce. Uh, I had a cousin, like an older cousin. He, uh, he was like a hacker, and like he was able to get a lot of like VSTs and DAWs, like stuff like that. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So he gave me a CD one day, and it had Logic in there. And ever since then, I kind of just started fucking with Logic, and mm. and then I never stopped. Wow. So Skip Garage Man just went straight to Logic. Or yeah, I'm gonna you... say straight to Logic. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I mean, that's how my journey. My journey started pretty similar, like not with the hacking, but I start. I started with GarageBand, man, because it, it really GarageBand is really just like Logic Light, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and shout out, honestly, shout out Apple, bro, because GarageBand is probably the best free DAW. Yeah, I would say so. You know, like, I mean, FL Studio, they they had that free one, but you can't even save your stuff, man. You can't even no. save your own. You can't even save no. your projects. So, um, shout out Apple for making uh, GarageBand because that's where a lot of producers started. Obviously, you got a little different story, but yeah. but that's cool too, though, that you were able to get straight into it like that. Um, now, were you so you were writing you were writing songs and then you started getting in, making beats? Were you posting these online or is this something that you just kept in the vault for a while? You know, at first, man, I was just really dedicated to get a grip, a tenacity of just getting good and you know being able to 
feel confident about something you created from scratch. Totally. So I like dedicated most of the early years of just doing it tucked, like just doing it and, you know, like getting to a point where I felt, okay, like I can make something out of nothing and it being dope to that at that point. Totally. So I I started doing that. And then like once I got uh, better, I was like, all right, now I can like, you know, present it to the public and, you know, promote it and just kind of see what people think, you know? 100%, man. Yeah. Um, What was, uh, when was the first time you dropped a song on, on uh, like all platforms or SoundCloud or wherever? So I dropped like two songs on SoundCloud back in 2017. Gotcha. And it did pretty, it did pretty good at that time. You know, just people from high school and and whoever knew me. Were you still in high school or is this, is this after? Yeah, I was still in high school, man. For sure. And I just was like, all right, like let's try it out. So I put it, I put those songs out, and people were liking them. And then that's dope. That's dope. And then after that is when I was like, all right, I'm gonna make a project and I'm gonna put it on streams. And mm. then I started, put, I put that project out, and then I was like, all right, people are liking this. They know that I make music. People are aware of my city. So I was like, all right, like now I feel like I can really drop stuff that has more substance than like what i was making years prior yeah bro that's hard bro that's hard to do man um so yeah you 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 got love um on your first releases then you yeah like just people releases. that followed my instagram that's cool know. was it all love or did you get some hate too or oh yeah i definitely got a couple people <laughs> were like yo what is this <laughs> no but, way but, I mean, no I, way that's crazy at the same time i was like i'm just making whatever facts dude whatever i feel because i don't know what i'm doing but at the same time like you cannot fake the feeling. Exactly, bro. And, and 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 it's commendable that you're doing it, bro. Because like not many people are doing it. You know how how long at that point were you making music for? At that point, I think it it was like at least maybe like like two or three years. Got you. Okay, so you probably you probably had yeah. Because I remember when I my first couple of years of producing were on GarageBand, bro. And I would never show anyone those beats because those this, I was only using stock sample packs. Yeah. And those drums just sound crazy. Those drums yeah, sound crazy, man. I know. I look back at some of the some of stuff that I had at that time, and I'm like, man, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, facts, man. I mean, I, I think that's the best thing about art in general, man, is that um, you can look at your old stuff and be like, damn, like that was, I was so trash back then. I'm so much better now. Yeah. And then you'll pro- we'll we'll probably look back. We'll probably look back in you know a year or two and be like, damn, the stuff we made back then was so trash and so much better now. <laughs> right. But that's the best part about it, man. Is that yep. it's like you're constantly improving and and you're and it constantly motivates you to keep improving. Definitely, which is the best man. part, man. Progression, Super sick. progression, bro. Definitely, bro. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Cool, man. So you dropped the two singles. Um, you you released. Uh, when did you release that full project? Uh, I released that project. Uh, sometime in like 2018. Okay, cool. So about a year, about a year after. A year after, yeah, for sure. And how how was that perceived by everybody? It was pretty good. I mean, at that time, I was working with, uh, you know, these artists uh, that was like around my city, and I was also uh, working with this artist named Javaya, and we kind of, I was just making that project around that time because so much was happening, and I really was like, yo, like I really want to prove myself that I can make an album worth, and so I just ended up dropping it. At, around 2018 and people were like perceiving it like to this day to this day man there's like people in the philippines that still bang that album that's crazy that's so sick that is so sick man it's cool to see support on like 
on some of your first, like on everyone's first stuff, because um, those are like kind of like our baby steps, you know, like yeah. the first introduction to it. And for it to still be perceived well is super sick. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, now, so you dropped that project. Was that like the transition from when you were like, you know what? Music is no longer just a hobby anymore. Like I want to do this a lot longer. Like I want to do this for a career. Or was there another point where you were like that? That was the goal from day one, man. But I would say... Yeah, like around once I dropped that project, that's that let me know. Okay, I could, I could really make something, and I could, gotcha. you know, find it profitable. For sure, man. Yeah, I think that, I mean, there's a lot of people that have that point too. Was your um, how did it, how did your parents feel about it? Your whole family. You know what? To be honest, they weren't really like shocked or like you know, they weren't like, oh, what are you doing? Nah, nah, nah. Hell yeah. Like my my parents, they've always you know been supportive. My mother. I'm going to say she was the one that was really, like, she's seen it before everything. Cause Hell yeah, bro. That's, that's kind of where I get it, you know, because my mom, she was the original star because, uh, back when uh, where she was from in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Like, she used to do, like, talent shows and Hell yeah. all this stuff Hell with her yeah. siblings. So, so it's been in your blood, bro. This yeah, has been in your blood. I would say awesome. definitely she was the rhythm. She's the one that got that touch. Hell yeah, dude. Yes. Dude, I love... I love seeing that, man, when parents are, like, big influences and then they support their kids, bro. That's, yeah. like, because that's how, I think that's everyone everyone's dream, you know, is to have people around them that support them. So the fact yeah. that you got it in your family, too, bro, in your bloodline, that's dope. That's super tight. Yeah. So, obviously, I mean, now that I'm, I'm now we're getting to our next segment, um, obviously, they're really supportive because you did some pretty cool, um, you've done some pretty cool things, man. And I want to get into those, um, starting with, um the backyard shows you did here, man. Yeah. Um, so you did um, a couple backyard shows at your crib. Unfortunately, I I didn't know you at that point, but if you if I if I knew you, you know I'd be pulling up to yep, those. Yep. Um, but how do we jump into that a little bit, man? What, what was uh, the experience like throwing those events, and um, how did that uh, how did that change your journey? Man, I'm gonna say they were pretty surreal because you know anybody that throws a show in their backyard, you don't even know who's gonna come. So Thanks, at that time. I remember the first first show that we did before COVID, three hundred people came. It was mm. me. It was me, and um, like I'm gonna say, a couple more artists artists that I was working with at that time, and we just managed, you know, get a stage. You know, my parents, my mother, she caters. You know, her, her nice. catering is a lot chonita Mexican food. She was making like you know tacos and there you rice go. and beans for everybody. And uh, yeah, we had that, and then we had a uh, three hundred people is crazy. People, man. a lot of people don't realize how many th- people three hundred people is, and especially in a backyard. Yeah, that's packed out. Yeah, that's packed out, bro. That's crazy. That's yeah, insane. yeah. So we we had it packed, and it was it was a success. You know, like everybody went up and sort of made in made made a uh, impact because at that time nobody was doing that in my city. Yeah, spe- especially like around that time because. It just was so new, and and it got to the point where the city know me now. So, Facts, you know, the, the second time we threw it, it was like you know after COVID, yeah. And you know, a lot of people still came, but not as much as the first. But the people that did came, they remembered. They're like, oh yeah, I was yeah. here for the first one. You know, hell yeah, that's so awesome, man. It was lit. Yeah, I know. And if for anyone who's ever been to Juice Studio, some of his close friends, the close artists he works with, you see, he's got his, uh, you got your um, your outfits and the ticket. Yeah. Post it, post it up on your, on your yes, wall, sir, man. man. Those are so sick, dude. Museum, bro. I'm telling you. I know, man. There's, that's gonna be Hall of Fame soon, yes, bro. Sir. That's gonna be crazy. <laughs> when you're in your, when we're in our LA Beverly Hills mansions, bro. Those are gonna be up, bro. That's yep. that's wild. That's so sick to have, dude. Um, yeah, and the fact that and 
around your whole studio as well, bro, you have a lot of awesome memorabilia too. I think um, that is such an important thing to have in a studio, man. To, yeah. Because you, you walk in, bro, you feel like you're ready to make a hit. You yeah. feel like you're ready to get to work. You feel like you're ready to become a legend in the game, man, because all this, all the this stuff you see is like influence, you know, stuff that I like, 100%. stuff that I grew up in. You know, it's it's just that passion that I had always as always I I always had as a kid. You know, hell yeah, bro. Also, yeah, you gotta have it, bro. A natural performer, a natural, natural entertainer, man. Because that's what all these people up here are too. So that's just yeah. you're grooming yourself, bro. You're getting there. That's awesome, man. It's awesome to hear. Now, uh, so for those shows, I know those man, you you gonna be uh, performing anytime soon? You got any plans to or? You know what, man? I got a couple of things uh, planned. I got a couple of things lining up. You know, I'm I'm really thinking about. Towards the end of the year, or maybe in the summer, like just pop out with like you know art an artist named Izzy, or whoever is willing to you know put even even like an open mic because hell yeah you know, man. Prior to this, like I haven't performed since a year, but I still feel like I could really come out and just perform these songs. That Absolutely, I got. Absolutely, man. That's awesome. Yeah, shout out Izzy too. Izzy. Definitely want to get her on here for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously when you and uh. When Julia and Izzy get together, you know it's about to be a hit. So, yes, sir. Um, and plus that unreleased song, yeah, we, I know we're not gonna talk uh, about too much, but yeah. that goes crazy. That shit was that crazy, goes crazy huh? man. So, <laughs> that's awesome, bro. Cool. So, backyard shows, obviously a hit. Some new, um, some performance from Drew coming soon. Um, there's another thing that you did that I was lucky enough, I was very, uh, I had the honor, the pleasure of attending, was you're um, in the studio with Julia, hosted by the Polish Company. Yes, sir. Yeah, man, that was an amazing event. Um, Talk me through how what that experience was like setting up, the whole process of you um, starting that event and getting everything together. Man, I mean, the idea kind of came about one day. I was I was just with them, you know, Cindy and Joe, the owners of the Polish company. We were just trying to think, man, what else could we do for the for the shop? And so we kind of were like, yo, let's throw a listening party here, you know, like an experience. And they gave me the green light, and boom, I was like, all right, well. Here's my vision. I'm going to bring my studio into a section of the store and just, you know, call it the Julia experience. You know, play mm. some of my old stuff leading up to my new stuff. So that way the people that are there, they can see the progression and the growth from where I started into where I'm at now. So we ended up just doing it organically. And then it came, it came out so like, you know, you couldn't even plan it the way it planned how it happened. So... It was just a great experience, and I really appreciate them for letting me do that. Yeah, dude, it was a fantastic event, man. I mean, I know uh, prior to that, I know we talk about throwing events like that because yeah. of like how much, how big of an impact like the watch has on the community. I know we wanted to make sure that um, we want to put our impact on the community. And I think you definitely did that, bro. Like I, I, I still get, I still talk about that event with some people, bro, because of how many I I met so many new people from that event. Yeah. You know, shout out Pastel, obviously. Um, Shout out Danny, like we a lot of great people that you're surrounded with, and it's cool to see your impact on the community too, because a lot of people showed up, man. Yeah, a lot of people showed for your for uh, for your uh, event. So, um, yeah, just overall a great event. Would you do it again? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the other day they was telling me, "Yo, so we doing an anniversary too, or what?" Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, "Man, I'm down. Let's just plan it out and you know play the new stuff." Yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, what a uh, yeah, dude. You got um. The new stuff, man. That's actually a perfect segue, bro, to, like, the next section, man. Um, so you've, from the time I know you, man, you've dropped uh, three singles since I've known you. Um, you dropped, not in any particular order, but you dropped an out in California. Um, 
I wrote out in California twice for some reason. Um, out in California, and then it's uh, Love in L.A. Yep. and So Damn Fine. Yeah. Those are the three that I, I've known you. And that sound is crazy, man. Like, first of all, anybody listening to this podcast right now, pause this. Go listen to those three songs. I'm California, Love and Lay, So Damn Fine. Come back and listen again because those two songs, I think three songs are really, um, and then this new one that you got with Izzy Ray hasn't yeah. dropped yet, hopefully soon, um, really kind of encompass your new sound and the new sound that you've been going for, man. So break for the people listening and uh, break down some of the, the some of your inspirations behind this new kind of music from Julia. Man, all right, so... Where I'm at right now, it's kind of a turnover to my sound that I'm event like actually evolving and morphing into because, you know, at first I was just kind of trying to figure out my lane and my sound. But now I think I found my pocket because, you know, the new stuff that I'm cooking up, it's just influenced from so many places. And, you know, like it's not really traditional like West Coast or like melodic or mm. or hip hop. So it's like Facts. a combination of like everything in, in one particular, you know. So I'm definitely really excited to release the next, you know, like set of music because it's just, you know, like it's just so refreshing and so like balance, you know, everything like that. Um, I definitely would say that I took some time to really like go in on it because you know I, I just felt like I was just making like a lot of stuff and then I got to a point where I was like all right like I made enough I made enough stuff now I can really like tackle it in with like Facts. becomes a uh, vocal recording or you know <laughs> like just trying to figure out what makes me when I record my my songs you know so definitely it's a new experience with my sound but you can hear it when you play it like you can hear me totally man and that's tough bro because i think especially in um the production or even i don't want to writing is a little bit difficult yeah. not difficult but different but as far as making beats and making songs i think it's really hard for producers to distinguish between taking inspiration from something and copying something yeah i know a lot of producers bro that a lot of their beats it's just like I've heard this beat a thousand times from yeah, another man. producer, right? But as I've said with a lot of your music and especially some of this new stuff you're coming out with, you can totally hear, um, you can hear inspiration. You can hear inspiration, but you it's not like a cut and paste nope. beat. You know, it's you can hear the soul, the time and effort that took into making it. Like it wasn't, it wasn't something that you just dragged and dragged and dropped. You know, it was yeah. something that you really took time with. Um, what's your advice for some producers that? Um, are struggling with coming up with a unique sound and making something their own. Man, the best advice I could ever tell somebody that really wants to get good at their craft is listen to everything. Don't mm. be afraid. Don't close off. I know a lot of people are, you know, like complacent with like what they like. But if you really want to figure out what makes you, you got to listen to everything, all genres, man. You got to go crazy with it. Even stuff that you'd be like, I'm not really into it, but let me like be open and listen to it because you never know. You might hear something there, something small. Like it could be like a, a pattern or like, you know, a percussion or whatever. And you can like listen to that and then go back Facts. to when you create your beats. You're like, oh, I could do something like that, but make it my, my, make it my way. So. Exactly. Versatile, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, listen to every kind of music, man. I know you were saying you were you've been listening to a lot of like old school black eyed peas, right? Yeah, definitely. Black eyed peas and uh 
who else? Uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff from like 2010s and 2000s, man. Yeah, man, because like th- those songs took over the world, man. They did. Like that sound, like, and it's crazy because it was so unique. You know, like it yeah. wasn't like anything no one had ever heard before. At that time, yeah, I that remember. Time, you know, we, we can look back and you could see so much inspiration from yeah. those. You know, Will I Am, Black Eyed Peas in general, like they they had such a way of creating music that revolutionized. Like, like I said, I could hear inspiration in everyday music now. Yeah, uh, with them, like the thing with Black Eyed Peas is like, you know, they're very versatile and they're not afraid to be different because mm, sometimes, facts. you know, I know artists could, it's like, it's a very vulnerable stage when you like do something different than what people are used to you. So to, for them, it's like, they showed me that you could still be like hip hop, but then you could also do a, do like a different type of, you know, bounce or like song structure or effects. Like it's just, it's endless. Yeah. I think it's, when I think about artists like them, like black eyed peas, because when when I first, when I think of someone that has been changing the game, um, one person I think of is like Lil Uzi, Uzi Vert. um, Right. Bro dropped like just want to like I just want to rock like what yeah. like maybe six to eight months ago or something like that like a like a cool minute ago yeah and he completely popularized the Jersey Club he did type man. style man like like it was it was around right but no one was really playing it but he made that song and he really just like expanded that genre to like the popular media and I think that's as a smaller artist yeah. and as an artist that may not have a name for themselves yet I feel like that's such a big risk to do because. It is. Like, cause you see all these other artists that are popping off and you're like, man, they're popping off for this reason. Now, if I just do that, maybe I'll pop off. Right. Right. But I feel like as a bigger artist, they don't have as much of a risk because they already made it. You know, they can drop whatever and people are going to, people will consume it. Yeah. You know, but how I, I, I'm, I, as a producer too, and as, as someone that works with artists, I find it hard for like a small artist to make that big of an impact on the, on the community and the, and the music culture in general. Um, just because we just don't have that reach yet, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, but at the end of the day, I think I think it's cool that all these different styles are coming back, and then now we're seeing hybrids of songs like that. Like I, I see West, I see like Cali rap mix, mixed with, with mixed with Jersey Club now, which yeah, is crazy. I've like, heard that too, man. That shit's wild. Yeah, it's crazy, <laughs> man. It's crazy. Um, but it's cool to see though. It's cool to see like all these different genres colliding and people making it their own. Because yeah. at the end of the day, that's what music is all about, you know? Yeah, hundred percent, man. Fire, bro. Yeah, man, you've got a, you got a cool, uh, a, a pretty nice resume so far, man. I'm, I'm really excited to see what you, you know, some of your big accomplishments next, man. Because um, I think, you know, I, you've been in it for a while, but I can yeah. definitely see you going super far with this, man. Thank you, man. So um, I know at the moment, um, you know, obviously artists and creatives, we love what we do, um, but sometimes it always doesn't put food on the table. Um, now I know. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but we can go into a little bit. Um, what right now are you doing for work outside of just music? So right now I'm currently working uh, with the Polish company. So it's like a, a clothing store, vintage store. They have more stuff than vintage, but they have like rare pieces there, f- like fashion items. Really nice, like beautiful store too, yeah. by the way. Beautiful store, by the way. Yeah, yeah, right here in uh, Monrovia, California. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I, that's where I, right now that's where I'm, uh, you know, putting my time and, you know, getting to know people there, networking all the time there, you gotcha. know, like over there, man, it's like, it's it's crazy. Like, like every day people go in there, but then you got like people like hit boys, fucking stylists. I was going to say, that's one of my next questions. If you met anyone crazy, that sounds, hit boy stylist hit boy is stylist. nuts, bro. I remember he came, that's wild. he came to the store 
And it was the Pasadena location. He came to the store, and he was just, like, super low-key. He didn't talk mm. much. But I knew, I looked at him, I'm like, this guy, he does something. Yeah, so bro, you could tell by his vibe, bro. He just by the vibe. So he, he got, like, this Nautica long sleeve. And then the next day, he posted it with Hitbo, and I was like, boom. Hippo was, That's Hippo crazy. Was, Hippo was wearing the long sleeve. So. Hippo was wearing some polish company stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. That's nuts. And then also, another guest that went there, I wasn't there, but um, I had left. But they were telling me that, you know, and it's crazy to say this, but Taboo from the Black Eyed Peas. He Whoa. Was, he, was, he, he pulled up because I think he lives in Pasadena. That's so wild. He pulled up, and the crazy, the craziest thing, too, is that he pulled up, and at the same time, at this at that store, they had a Black Eyed Peas T-shirt. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. That's I don't crazy. Know if he, I don't know if he saw it, but I just thought that, like, wow, like, wow, crazy. Yeah, the universe that's, is crazy. That's nuts, dude. They gotta transfer you to that Pasadena location, man. They gotta no, get you. Well, in I was there. working there in the beginning, but now I'm in the Pasadena. Uh, I'm in the Monroe Monroe location, Monroe. right? It's a little closer to home, right? Yeah. Facts, dude. I think that's crazy, dude. I mean, I think, like. That's why it's so important to, I think, working in that, I want to say, like, a cultural spot, right? Yeah. I feel like the Polish company screams culture. Like, when you walk in there, you feel like you're, you can look all the pieces. There's history to the pieces. Yeah. You can look at the people working. They're in that, they're in that space, right? And so, when people see that in the culture, when people outside see that, they're like, okay, I see all these people look dope. The shop looks dope. I'm going to go in. And you end up finding, you end up helping people that are super big. You know, you never know who you're going to run into. Yeah. So that's insane. Have you met anyone personally, like, from, from working there? Like, what do you mean? Like, have you ever met any, like, big celebrity guests like that or any any celebrities that have pulled up? Uh, I know Kevin Hart. He kind of uh, came to the store to check it out because at that time he was opening up a restaurant here. Oh, shit. So I, Kevin Hart, man, pulled up. Um, But, I mean, there probably has just... You know, sometimes they just kind of yeah. They're low key. They're low key. Super low key. It. Yeah, because yeah. you don't want to blow their cover either. Exactly. Exactly. Got to be respectful. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, being a big celebrity too, they probably don't want um, so much attention. But yeah, um, that's cool, man. That's cool that you got that inside click. Um, so make some decent money off of that. You also doing? Um, I know you also obviously you're a producer and you uh, you sell beats, right? Correct. Gotcha, man. Um, now I know we talked about this a little before. Um, but at what, when did you, when did you first start selling beats? Like when was your first beat sale? Uh, I was selling beats since 2018, man. But at that time I was just selling whoever I was working with or whoever was just around that did music. Um, but then I want to say during the time COVID happened, that's when people were like super buying beats. Really? So that's at that, crazy. At that time I was just, you know, selling like a bunch of like, beats to all these kinds of people that were hitting me up through this artist I was working with at that time. Nice. And I had artists coming back for more beats. Damn. So that's I was that's like, awesome. I was like just, you know, making making like a lot of stuff at that time and just kind of, you know, capitalizing as much as I can. Right, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. what you got to do, man. It's just keep keep networking. <clears throat> now, um, so how much were you selling beats for at that time, like at the beginning? Well, in the very beginning, I was selling beats for like 100 bucks a pop. Gotcha. But then, you know, I transitioned to selling, like, beats for, like, 200 250 For sure. Like, 300 Like, it just really depends on, like, the beat, man. Because if some people, you know, if they want, like, you know, fast food, you know, ah. they're going to they're gonna want, like, something that's, like, you know, whatever. So, I still, I still, like, you know, I don't make, I don't make just, like, 
low quality. I made great quality beats. Even the, even the beats were, they're like, all right, like these are dope, but like, like a certain person would oh, hit this right. Yeah. So it's like, all right, what did the, what what do the artists? What are they looking for? Are they looking for something, a Picasso or a stop sign? You know, facts, bro. So, That's crazy. That's it, a great analogy, dude. So you know, either way, I'm still like profiting it, but I I tend to be more passionate of selling the Picassos because those are the ones that that are gonna like you know be here today and tomorrow and forever than the facts. ones that are just like here today gone tomorrow. There you go, man. That's a that's that's a great analogy, man. That you put it really well. Um, now at your peak, I know you're saying that. Um, how how long does it take you like when you're making beats? Are, are you making some beats with the mindset to sell, or are you sometimes you're just making a beat just to make a beat? Uh, it really depends, man. Because you know, in the beginning, like I would like literally make the whole beat. You know, what I'm saying Facts. like structure, it drops, all that shit. But nowadays, man, people. It's like if I'm sending out, I'm only sending like a loop or mm. like an idea. Facts. Um, but you know, it don't really take that much long, man. In the beginning, it took me hours. I mean, when yeah. I, the the day I decided to start, it uh, took a long time. But for sure, now I'm able to I'm able to produce beats fast, but still have a lot of quality in it because it took me those years to do this in this time short time period. Totally, man. Totally, exactly. It's it's you. You put in the time and effort, eventually you can make it like clockwork. Yeah. That's how it is, man. Yeah. Are you are you the type of producer, man? Are you cranking out like like how many beats are you making in a week? In a week, man. At, like are you at your peak? Like how many at were you making? Peak, I'm making like at least five solid ones, or if that, three. It just it just depends because if I'm in producer mode, I'm making like five fire five dope beats, then like fucking fifty mediocre beats. Yeah, just going through fifty in a week or like yeah, because a lot of people they That's be crazy. A lot of, I hear a lot of people be making hundreds of beats. I'm like, you're not making hundred beats. You're making hundreds of four loops. Like you're not, you know, you're not doing like too crazy because the ones that the five dope beats that I'm doing, I'm going above and beyond, bro. Facts, dude. And that's that could be beats for like you know sync licensing, you know, artists or instrumentals for like videos. Right. It, it just really depends. Dude, I'm I'm looking up as we speak. I'm looking out this. I'm looking up this producer, man. Um, his name is, um, fuck, I'm trying to find his name right now. Um, his name is Rio Leva, Levia. He produced, um, Back Outside Boys by Drake on his new, on his, uh, his album with 21. Okay. Um, he is a fantastic producer, man. He's an amazing producer, but he was one of those guys that just pumped out like a hundred beats in one night type shit. Right. <laughs> and I watched some of his producing videos, bro. I'm like, dude, this guy is insane. Like, there's a reason why he makes a ton of money. But that back outside boys beat, bro, was literally a piano loop and five drum sounds. Yeah, simple. <laughs> simple. Like, but that's crazy to me, bro. Like, like some of these guys have such so much talent, and yet a lot of these rappers only want like these you know, simple beats. Simple man. beats, man. Because that's really what it's really what it is. You know, I feel like if an, if a producer puts so much sounds, or if they just overdo it. The you know the artist can't have room to put his instrument on that. So you just gotta know simplicity, man. I feel that, dude. I was when I was younger, um, the beats I was was making were yeah were strictly like I was making just to listen on, listen to them on my own. Yeah, I'm not really thinking about yeah like an artist needs room to breathe and room to speak. Yeah, um, because at the end of the day, that's what sells. You know, that's what sells. Yeah. And that's what uh, that's what people want too. 
So, um, yeah, bro, that's what's up, bro. Yeah, so five to 50 beats a day is cr- or a week is crazy. Um, obviously, make some pretty good money off some producing ventures, bro. So, yeah. congratulate you for that, man. Um, so, so far, doing pretty well for yourself, man. Right? Would you say so? Yeah, man. I mean, it's always a, it's always a learning process, man. Every day you got to wake up and put that 1%, pick that brick up and just build that house, that dream house you want. Totally, man. Yeah, it's not... Yeah, you you don't you don't set out to build a wall, bro. You set out to set one brick down for sure, yeah. brick by brick. That's how you got to do it, man. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. I think that kind of segues perfectly into the next segment, man. Um, some tips and tricks, man, on some on some of your craft, bro. So obviously, we got a lot of young producers, a lot of new producers listening to the show right now. Um, now, as a seasoned producer, um, what are some advice? Some advice you'd give to someone that's just starting out. Um, it really depends because if, if somebody's coming up and, or if they're just starting out and they just want to be a producer, I'll just be like, look, focus on learning, you know, like the fundamentals of like production, whether that's the, the key of beats, the key of sounds, the BPM, you know, things like that. But then also I think what's really more important is to train your ears when it comes mm. to certain sonics because totally. I feel like what helped me a lot was I had I had a good ear of, of songs. You know, I knew nice. what people liked, what the majority liked, and I knew what people liked when it came to like yeah. singles and albums. You knew what cuts. sounded good. Yeah, so I feel like when you have a great when you have great ears, it, it, it like helps you more to understand what you like as well. Totally, man. Totally. Yeah, just yeah, having that experience and having that um yeah, that capability really is there's so much value to that. There's yeah. so much value to that. Especially in a studio session. Um, you know, when people may not be knowing what they're doing, like having that knowledge and that that baseline knowledge is super valuable. So um and it's and it's, it's something that takes time, you know, it's not something yeah. you can just learn overnight. No way, bro. It takes, like it takes like and dedication, time and dedication. Years, bro. To do that, man. Yeah, that's some good advice, man. So yeah, Learn your ears, learn your scales, and your BPMs. Get that all down, and that that that'll set you on the right track for sure. Um, cool, man. Now, as a uh, as a great songwriter too, man. What are some of your tips for um, you know some new artists that are trying to get better at songwriting? Man, you know, I would say just make a lot of songs, bro. I, I feel like you'll definitely get a better grip of knowing what you like and what you don't like when it comes to songwriting, and know your style. Like, don't feel like oh my shit has to be like this nah man yeah there's you know there's songs like there's the songs that you can make right then and there you're feeling it all the everything's just flowing out but then there's the other songs where you might have to nurture it more you might have to sit there and maybe write or you know just carve it because totally, you totally. know it, it's always a different process but songwriting though just kind of Know yourself and then transition that when it comes to writing. So, all right, like every day, what do you say? What are words that you say every day? You know, like, like for me, example, I'm I'm old school with it. So I'd be saying like old school slang, but I still, you know, make it refreshing. Yeah, and add twist. that modern twist. To I it. add that modern twist to it to make Hell it myself. Yeah. So Hell yeah, definitely, man. Just figure out who you are and then translate that to the words and exactly, your, your voice. Dude, that's such a good point, bro. Because I see so many people. Writing a lyric down, bro, and then actually saying it is so different, man. It is very different. Like, you got to do stuff that feels natural to you, yeah. you know? I have so many artists that have, 
they can write great lyrics, bro, but, but when they try to perform it, it just doesn't come out right. Yeah, their cadence is off, and they just nope. can't figure it out. I'm like, and it sounds like they're trying to like they almost default to say a different word. I'm like, bro, then just say that word, man. Like, you don't yeah. gotta stick directly to your script. Exactly. These lyrics you wrote, like, make it so it feels natural to you. Yeah. That's super important, man. And I love the thing that you said about um, make a lot of songs, too, man. Like, not every song you have to make has to be dropped, you know? Yeah, exactly. But every song, you can learn from it, though. Yeah. You can learn from every song that you make, you know? Because I think there's a good quote. Actually, shout out my sister for saying this to me. Um, because in life, bro, and in everything, bro, there's winners. And then there's, in every situation, bro, you either win or you learn. Exactly. You know? So either you, you make a hit, you make a smash. Great. That's fantastic. But maybe you don't make it a smash or maybe you don't know what's wrong, but you can learn why you didn't do it. You know, yeah. why I didn't hit that time. Exactly. You know, just always learn, always learn, man. And don't be afraid, man. Cause it's, it's always a learning process. You know, like sometimes, sometimes artists can get discouraged because what they said or whatever they're trying to do isn't what's cracking right now. Like what's popping. Facts. But if you're confident, you, you can make it work. Exactly, man. Exactly. Exactly. Make your, don't try, don't be complacent, man. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. That's what's up, man. Um, and then the last thing, the last segment for tips and tricks I wanted to get into uh, was something that from, uh, from the jump, bro, when you, when we were in that watch session and you were playing some of your new music, I knew that you were really good at, um, was your mixing, man. Your mixing is fantastic, dude. I know that kind of goes hand in hand with producing. Yeah. Um, but what are some of your tips, um, for producing maybe even some go-to plugins that you use? Well, right now. I would say I really love UAD, man. So the compression there, uh, Telerox, I don't know how to say the name, but mm-hmm. there's a compressor there that I use that is just so nice. I know I use a CLA from Waves. That one's good too, but something about the compressor. Yeah, the 3A or 2A? Or the, uh, the 76 CLA? one? Oh, the 76? Yeah, hell that yeah, one. Hell yeah. That one's dope, but the one that I'm really, I love on my voice is the one on the UAD. The Telerox one? Yeah, yeah. that one, yeah, that one, the silver one. That one's one. hard, bro. That yeah. one's hard. I, and I think, um, man, I, I love that. I love the UAD plugins too, man. Yeah. But I think it took me so long to get them because I was always never willing to invest in myself. Yeah, man. You no, know? but you, you got, got to. You got to invest in yourself, man. If you want to sound good, man, you got to pay good. Exactly. Yeah, dude, that's, um, and I even got my, I even got my, uh, I got my, I got a, I'm starting so much. <laughs> I got my uh, Apollo um, literally very shortly after the first time I hung out with you. Yeah, and I got it for a pretty good deal. I got it for like nine hundred, I think, and it yeah. came with a. Uh, it came with he he transferred all the plugins and he bought plugins from UAD and he transferred all those to me too because wow. he, he was like he was he stopped making music yeah. so it was a blessing. So shout out to that guy. I don't think you're ever gonna listen to this, but <laughs> he hooked it up though and he gave me um, it's worth it, bro. It's it worth, worth it. So it, for any any anyone on the fence about purchasing a apollo or any any product from uad matter of fact it is worth it it is 100 percent worth it man um that transition from scarlet to the to the to apollo, apollo is crazy yeah, yeah crazy. i mean that's what i started i mean the scarlet is a good interface to start off but if you really want to see a difference get the apollo man yeah man 100 percent, bro um i know i see it. the people over here can't see it the people listening but what mic do you record on it uh it's a blue mic the blue mic yeah, is it the blue mic. bird or what? I, th- I think it is the blue bird. I just said gotcha. blue on it. Yeah, it's like what it's. I think. I mean, your your vocals sound crazy, man. So, yeah. and then you got the the eyeball on it, right? Eyeball, the chaotic man. eyeball. Yeah, because you know I've been like, thinking about getting one of those. I, mean, I would say I would say if you can't like if you don't really want to you know do like a closet type the eyeball is your best guess. Cause no, man, I've been thinking about. I see, I see, because I I'm I'm recording a lot on my SM7B. 
and they have an eyeball for the SM7B. Yeah. I've seen people use the eyeball and they use the mic shield. Oh, <laughs> like, wow. yeah, like crazy stuff like that. But, um, but I've been really thinking about getting that. Um, do you think it makes a difference? Do you think it makes I mean, a difference? I would say yes, but the mic you're using makes a more difference because mm. I was using like a cheap mic and like okay mics years ago. And when I got this one, it just it just was it sounded so clear, man. Cleared everything up. It was huh? like one of the top mics next to like the Newman or yeah, one of those. Hell yeah, yeah, those yeah, those those U eighty sevens are crazy. Those yeah. thirty five hundred dollar mics, nuts. nuts. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, I think honestly, bro, that's been probably the best advice you can get, bro, is don't feel like you can't invest in yourself. Yeah, like you, you gotta invest in yourself, man. Because um, honestly, after I invest in myself, bro, that it really just it really um it expedited my creative process, bro. Because now I have all these great plugins. I don't need to keep going back and forth to these stock plugins and trying nope. to make it work. I can just toss my vocal chain. I'm like, oh, okay, great. This sounds exactly. great. I now can focus on being creative. Yep. You know, so yeah, do, do not be for everyone listening, do not be afraid to invest in yourself. 100%, man. Cool, man. So we're coming to the end of the show, man. Um, but uh, there is one more seg- segment I want to talk about. Um, and it's some of your dream collaborations. So um, obviously, music producer and a songwriter. Um, who are some of your uh, dream collaborations in this industry? Man, dream collaborations. I got so many, bro. Give me, give me like, give me your top three. Top three. Top three. <laughs> I know it's hard, huh? I'll give you some. Uh, all right. Top down, like, like the Neptunes, like Pharrell and Chad. Oh mm. man, I, I would love to collaborate with those guys. Bless, bro. Hell um, yeah. You know. I would say, I mean, when Kanye was at his peak, I mean, I still, <laughs> yeah. I still would definitely figure out something. But, I mean, I can't deny, like, Kanye was definitely one of the biggest influence coming up. Um, who else? Uh, I would say Hit Boy. You know, Hit Shout Boy. out Hit Boy, man. Hit, Hit Boy, Shout Dom, out Hit Boy, bro. Dom Kennedy. Yeah. Um, you met Hit Boy, right? Yeah, I met Hit Boy How a was few he? times. Uh, he was cool, man. You know, he, he's actually from the same area as, as where I'm from. Yeah, he's from Pasadena and um, sometimes Fontana, but you know, it's it's not too far from where I'm at. Thanks, bro. Hey, if you get ever get invited to the studio, you gotta pull up, bro. That's I crazy. know. I mean, he, he when I saw him, he was like, "Yo, like, what's your email?" And you know, I gave it to him, and you know, he kind of uh, he hits me up on Instagram, but that's sick. Like, you know, just I'm just waiting for the right moment. Facts, man. Exactly. Hey. With his new joint you're about to drop, you might have to hit I him might, up, bro. I might have, might have, to, have to hit, hit him, him up, up on that one. But yeah, <laughs> but but going back to like the artist, bro, like, yeah, I would say those guys and um, you know, man, I would love I would have loved to work with Michael Jackson, bro. I know, man. Like, Rest in peace. Like, I know I, I probably could with this AI going around, but <laughs> but man, like I just man, I just feel like me and him would have for sure done some crazy stuff with Quincy Jones. No, man. Dude, shout out yeah, Quincy Jones, man. It's yep. crazy, dude. Um yeah, bro, that, those are some great inspirations, man. Some great dream collabs, bro. Obviously, shout out all of them. Um, that's wonderful. Awesome. So we covered music. Um, now, for anyone that doesn't know Mr. Drew Lira, he is a very big fashion guy. And honestly, I hope he starts getting more into modeling, bro, because he, you got the perfect frame for it, man. You, you, man. you can do a lot of good stuff with that. Yeah. Um, who are some of your dream brand collabs? Dream brand collabs. Ooh. So, obviously, growing up, a bathing ape, that was, like, my favorite. Still mm. is my favorite. But just I would I would love I would love to do a collaboration where it's Drew Lira times. Bayley, 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 that's bro. hard. That's you hard. Know, just seeing like Kid Cudi and Kanye Pharrell, like 
it's just like, man, I want to have my own character next to, um, you know, Milo, the ba- the bathing ape character. Yeah, dude. So it's I would so say, sick. I would say a bathing ape. Supreme would be cool, just because you know, like I remember, like my sister's husband at the time, like he, uh, when at the time when I was young, like he would he would just always like talk about Supreme and facts, the classic box logo, but. Um, yeah, big impact on the culture, though. Yeah, Huge impact on the culture, man. And then uh, I would say, I mean, man, luxury. Uh, anybody that's really w- willing to uh, give a shot, man. I mean, if it makes sense, Facts. I'm pretty open. Who are some of your influences as far as that that realm goes? As far as fashion goes, like uh, fashion designers. Yeah, or? like where do you like where do you, like where do you get a lot of your inspiration for some of your fits that you've been posting recently? Oh, man. I mean, a lot of my style is influenced from, like, the early 2000s. I don't know any, like, designers at that time, but that style, the early 2000s, is, like, definitely what I'm really, like, trying to, like, you know, implement in my brand. Lately, you know, I've been rocking rocking these pants. Uh, Hold on. So I've been rocking with these pants that... um, my homie, uh, CI to I, the case study group, that's like his like brand. Like he, they're the ones that be making these pants that have like, have like these. Is that your patchwork jean ones? The or, patch ones those yeah. are so hard. Those. Dude. those ones go crazy. Yeah. Like those, like I remember when we first collaborated with, with a style outfit, like he just pulled these pants out. And I, at first I was like, wow, super different facts. And I put facts. them on and then I had like a, like a letterman's jacket, a hat and like some dunks. And I was like, wow, like. He just opened up my eye when it comes to layering, when it comes totally. to not being afraid to, like, throw stuff on, you know. Big, yeah, exactly. Big be loud. Be loud. Yeah, be big. Be loud. Be big. But at the same time, be coordinated. So, exactly. like, definitely working with him, just been opening my eyes, you know. I, even doing a couple, of like, castings for, like, Runaways. Like, definitely, like, fashion. I've always been into fashion, but I just never really, like, took it serious up until recently. And for sure. me taking it serious, bro, I've seen so much like progress within that you know so i definitely would would and i am considering to do more work in the fashion industry as well got to man got to bro like yeah like i said you you got a great build for it man um you got a good eye for fashion um hopefully in the julia part two episode hopefully we yeah, get to man, talk a little bit more, more of that man that's what's up bro that's awesome man um well we're coming to the end here bro um did you have any last words for the people that are listening right now Man, shout out to the people that are listening right now. You know, if you're still listening and following from uh, my career, my music career, whatever, like, I really appreciate you so much. And to anybody that's just curious to listen, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. And hopefully you're still here for the long ride. Exactly, man. Hey, we're only going up from here, man. This is, this is we're far from the end. Far from the end, man. Yes, sir. That's what's up. Hey, where can everybody find you on Instagram, man, or social media in general? Everybody can find me at, at Drew Lira, so D-R-U-L-I-R-A. Hell yeah, we'll put that in the show notes for anybody curious. Um, and to anybody still listening, I appreciate you guys all being here. Thank you so much, Drew, for coming on. It was Thank a great you, conversation. Great podcast, man. Um, hey, we're going to run it back in a, in a year or two, man, see where we're at. We're hopefully yes, we're sir, doing big bro. things. Always a pleasure, man. Awesome. As stated, man, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been the Beat Pad Podcast. Ooh. Loco out.